Welcome in to this episode of Farscast. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys have enjoyed the past couple of weeks without the podcast. I'm very excited to bring the podcast back after a short hiatus. Uh, got a couple, uh, got some really exciting guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, so I hope you guys are very excited. And by the way, uh, got to give you guys a big thank you. Um, uh, for those of you who follow me on social media, you guys know... Uh, Kind of an urgent matter in my family. My dad uh, stayed overnight at the hospital. Nothing too serious, thank goodness, but uh, he's doing a lot better. A lot of you guys have been asking, so thank you guys so much for that. Uh, do, doing great, doing great uh, as ever. So uh, just uh, enjoying the craziness that was carried over from 2020, but things are starting to pick up a bit. Uh, coming up on the podcast, for those of you guys uh, watching through Facebook, later today at 1.30, uh, I'm going to be talking to uh, Freddie Coleman of ESPN. I'm a huge fan ESPN radio to be specific. Very big fan of Freddie. Uh, he'll be coming on uh, later today. Uh, but for right now, you guys can see him on the screen right now. If you're watching the YouTube version or the Facebook version, Jimmy Chavez, he is the women's basketball announcer for the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, I, I met Jimmy years ago. Super nice guy uh, and great at what he does. And I'm excited to talk to him, his journey to where he is now. Uh, Jimmy Chavez, welcome into Farscast, brother. Hi. Uh, you know, now that I know that Freddie's coming up in a little bit, I don't even feel like the JV. I feel like the freshman, like B team right now compared to oh. having Freddie on in a little bit because Fr <laughs> Freddie's the man. I, I love Freddie. So I, I guess, I, I guess I'll just, uh, fill in some time with you. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Hey, everyone's great in their own, uh, little, uh, little world, their own, uh, realm. So, uh, don't sell yourself short. Uh, look, man, you're, I, I'm a big fan of, you and what you've done, what you're doing now. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a bigger fan of you as a person. One of the nicest people you'll ever come across. I remember. So to give people an understanding, and I want to give you an opportunity to kind of give uh, us your backstory. Cause I know a little bit, I know you've done some stuff with scout and Fox sports, uh, but I was a student at KU. I transferred from Johnson County community college from 2012 to 2014. That's when I attended KU. And I remember you were in the media uh, covering KU sports. And we just kind of connected there and you've been so nice to me, always giving me advice, always willing to answer any questions I had. And, and same with other students, um, that were, uh, there attending as members of the media. Uh, I felt like I had more in common with you guys and all the grownups in there. I, they, they, they'd all start talking about their golf game. I was like, okay, this is boring. This sucks. I don't care. I was like, I, I, I don't play golf. So I'd rather talk either. to the college students and hear their stories. <laughs> Well, uh, what's tell, that? You had a great game of beer pong. Hey, let's talk. They're over there yeah. talking about who slices what and bogeys what. And uh, tell me about your story. Yeah. The, the, the only golfing I've ever done and enjoyed was top golf. Have you ever done that? I, I have once actually, uh, uh, we were playing in a, we being a women's basketball at KU, we were playing in a tournament right before Christmas, a couple years ago. And we were supposed to fly out of McCarran at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, I was excited to get out of there, not because I, you know, oh, I, oh, Vegas is terrible. No, no, no. It was right before Christmas. I wanted to come home. I'd been away for five days, and and that's just a lot. And I, I won money on the first day, and I promptly walked across the street to a DSW and bought a pair of shoes. And so I was like, I won. I can just go home now. We're good. There's nothing more. And 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 uh, so we're supposed to fly out of McCarran, and the flight is delayed. And long story short, with that, we didn't actually end up leaving Vegas until about six that evening. So the director of ops, I mean. Uh, she, she was the best at, at just being able to improvise. And um, 
said, all right, we have cars. We're going to go kill the day at top golf. And so we had lunch and did that. And I've I've, that's the only time I've been, I was always a great putt putt player, but yes, I, <laughs> yeah, that that's not going to go in all these, uh, you know, 50 year old journalists are over there talking about what they played at, uh, at, at Alvamar. And I'm just like, you know, one time I hit a hole in one and at Destin through a windmill and that was like 80 degree dew point. So I had all the tummy sweat going and I actually put my phone on and put the master's music on so that my wife could record as I shot it and not expecting anything. And I hit a hole in one and the only thing was missing was uncle Vern to yes, sir. And so, I mean, yeah, that's the extent of my golf game. So yes, that's why I related to all you guys a lot more. I, I enjoyed the company much more. It made me feel younger. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, Man, you, listen, I, I've talked to a couple of people in this industry and in sports media, people who have come a long way. Some people have an interesting road to sports media. Um, you have this really the traditional path where you went to some small cities, places that people aren't really excited to go to. And you built your, way your up. social life in your mid 20s. That's for sure. Uh, tell us, tell us how you started, uh, and how you got to, uh, being, uh, at Lawrence as the, uh, basketball announcer there. Um, so in, in, in high school, I wanted to go to a journalism school. And so this is, I, I graduated high school 20 years ago. So that kind of dates you and, you know, I, and, and so I'm looking at schools that had good programs and, I'll be honest, Kansas was not on my list because I just wasn't thinking necessarily, I wouldn't say distance. It just, it wasn't on my mind. And so I remember I happened to just stumble onto their website. I don't even know what exactly. Well, I take it back. I knew Kevin Harlan had gone there because he would always talk about it when he would call a game. He'd always get in a little Jayhawk, you know, shout out. And I was like, you know, if they produce someone like him, they must have a pretty good school. And so uh, one of these days, it was actually a day much like this one, you know, 40 degrees and rainy and, and yeah. in San Antonio, which, uh, you know, doesn't happen too often. But anyway, so I was messing around the computer and I stumbled onto their website. And at that time, you still, for the most part, I'd say 90 to 95 percent of schools required that you could send in a thing and they would send you the booklet with the application and make you do it that now you can just yeah. easily do it you can apply for college right now and in, in in your underwear and then go back to bed and you do it all right here exactly see what i mean and uh <laughs> i had just gotten a cell phone around that time i was pretty proud when i could get the sports center theme as a ringer that was yep. big time but uh so anyway i i see that you can apply online. i was like well that's convenient more, more schools should do that and but i i I read a little more in the school. First, I see the pictures. I was like, oh, it looks, it looks a pretty campus. They have the fall pictures. I was like, well, let's look at their journalism school. And it was talking about the William Allen White School and where they'd sent interns and alums and all that. I was like, actually, this might be a pretty good school. Yeah. I need one more to add to my list anyway. So I say about dating myself, I take the phone cord out of the computer, plug it back into the phone, call dad at work. And I say, he picks up the phone and he, already sounding like grumpy and curmudgeon which is probably where I get it from. And um, he goes, what do you want? I was like, I need your credit card number, which is always a great way to start any conversation yeah. <laughs> with dad. Uh, he's like, why the hell do you need my credit card number? And I said, well, I'm looking at colleges and I need one more to make my list and I'm going to apply to Kansas. And he goes, we can go play basketball for Roy Williams. This was Roy's next to last year there. And I was like, no, they actually have a good journalism school. Then I go into salesman mode and I start recruiting 
him to give me his credit card number. I said, yeah, yada, yada, yada. They send people to ESPN, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, sounds good. I said, he goes, do I need to sign anything for you? I said, no, that's the best part. You give me your credit card number. I can apply right here. You don't have to give me anything. And we'll see what I probably won't get in anyway, but I just need one more school to make my list of five or six or whatever it was. And uh, all right. And so it's 50 buck fee. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, well, whatever. It's, I, I wrote it off. And it actually was the first school I heard back from that I got in. And I remember getting the, uh, the envelope. And at the time I'm, I'm with my grandparents and uh, I remember getting the envelope and it was a thick envelope. I was like, well, that's a lot of paper to tell me I didn't get in. I was like, and so anyway, I take it back to my room, whatever. And so then I was like, wait a minute, if it's thick, I do the whole thing with the light. I was like, get out of here. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding. I, cause I was a special that. moment. Well, and, and so I was kind of caught by surprise. I was like, wow, I actually, I got in there. So I, I remember telling my grandma and thinking she's going to be, oh, I'm proud of you, blah, blah. No, you know, mothers have a way of knowing these things before they've like a sixth sense. She already knew. I was like, well, you kind of just stole my thunder. Okay, I'll just go back and open up the rest of my mail. And I was like, all right, whatever. And anyway, so that's how I ended up at Kansas. And um, so you, going back to your question about the small towns and, and, and all that, First of all, I I didn't know what I was getting into when I got to Kansas, and when I found out that they had student radio that did the games, uh, that was huge. I was I honestly I had no idea it went that far. I mean, it would have been even more of a slam dunk to apply had I known that. And uh, actually, the sports director for KJHK had spoke at our journalism 101 class my first semester there, and um, so I, I I hear call games in Allen Fieldhouse. I was like, oh, but what? what do you say? So I actually went to go up to him afterwards. I was like, did you say what I thought you said? Yeah. Yeah. We're having a meeting Wednesday at four. I was like, all right, well, and, and I can remember walking into that first meeting and one, one of the guys who's still yep. a really good friend of mine to this day goes, well, look at this, look at these FNGs and uh, walking in here and it, it could be a little intimidating and, and I fit right in. It was just a, uh, it, it, it ended up being, almost serendipitous how I ended up there and, and it ended up being best decision I could have made. I, I made a lot, a lot of lifelong friends. And so what got me down the whole small town path is there are a lot of different ways to carve the path to get in with these jobs. And uh, Fred White, the late Fred White became a really good friend and, and mentor to me. And uh, I, he was the best at the sports seminar that the KAB put on. Yeah in the crown club or, or the old crown club before obviously they, yeah yeah they, they remodeled the stadium or renovate whatever and so he would not everyone they didn't have to be this way and he would say well if you guys ever need anything just email me and so if you want to critique and so we leave uh i email him and he says mail him a, a tape so i do and I'm thinking, well, there's no way he's going to get back to me. And this is Fred White. He, he, he's, he's busy. He's calling games. He's, uh, you know, running the Royals alumni deal. And it's Fred White. Like, you're not, he's not, you're going to hear back from him. I get an email back from him on a Saturday in like 2004 as a junior. And uh, he had a long critique of my stuff. And I was just blown away. And that struck a friendship that, um, I still remember at the big 12 tournament in 2006, my friends and I are at the hotel bar in Dallas and, uh, the bar not the bartender the waitress comes up to us and says, uh, the gentleman over there like to buy you and your friends some beer. I'm like, who? And I look over and he just gives the, you know, the beer, the salute with the beer. I was like, 
no way. That's cool. Fred White bought us beer. I was like, we could have stopped there and I would have been good. Like, wow, what a great guy. He bought us beer in Dallas awesome. one time. Well, he, we stayed in touch. And so one day around that time, I sent him another email and I asked him, please level with me, be honest. Do you think I should go into this? Because I have a choice. My degrees in TV and print, I could go into... I mean, I could go down the writing path, but I had more training in TV and, and I had some great mentors on that side too. And I have a tape that I put together, obviously for my TV two class. So that it's time, it's time to make a decision what I want to do. And I know what I really want to do, but if he says I'm not good, good enough to do it and, and I should really focus somewhere else, then fair enough. I respect that. And to his credit, he gave me some no BS fullback. Full, fullbacks. I'm already thinking of football feedback. And I'll, I'll never forget that. He said, you, you would, it would be a travesty if you don't at least attempt because you owe it to yourself, your phenomenal young play-by-play announcer. And in my opinion, one of the best to, to come out of your school in some time. And I'm, I'm not saying that to Brad, I'm just telling that's what he said. And so, okay, then I guess we're going to do this. And, and it just so happened that my first radio job was working for him in Russell. And uh, a lot of guys had, had gone the small town route. Uh, I know for a fact, uh, Nate Bucati went to Moberly, Missouri, and that's just a bunch of other guys went to a lot of places. And we're talking uh, like Wyatt Thompson, I know worked in Goodland and, and in Hayes early in his career. Uh, Dave Armstrong was in Hayes. And, and there's so many great announcers that cut their teeth in small markets. And yep. Fred always used to say, you can drive up and down I-70 on a Friday night in the fall, and you'll hear some of the best play-by-play announcers period, hands down. And I always thought of that when I was calling games there. And so from Russell to Colby, from Colby, uh, after two years there, two years in Russell, ended up in Wichita. And uh, Wichita is not through that, but actually where I ended up meeting my wife. And so then to Houston, and that was for a few months. And after that, uh, got a call from a friend about covering recruiting and all that stuff for scout. And that's what moved us back here. And that wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do because I, I was a play by play guy, but I couldn't pass up the opportunity to be in it and cover stuff. And obviously that's where I met you and everyone else. And, and, uh, it, it wasn't, in, I mean, it, it was an interesting time. Uh, it was, saw a lot of good basketball, obviously a lot of good teams and, I mean, football has just been a train wreck for the past decade. And so, uh, but still saw a lot of great athletes that played on that side too. And, and there was some memories there too. And always the hope that, okay, this is where they're going to get it right and turn it around. And, and I, I always tell people, even going back to school, I'm from Texas. I'm a football guy first, always have been, always will be. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, down there there's football and there's spring football and, and spring football is, just as big as regular football. So I, I never missed a game at, at KU when I was there. I don't care how terrible the weather was. The only time I did leave early in school was actually the Northwestern game in 2003 because I had a friend visiting me from home, about 60 degrees, and we had the remnants of like a hurricane. But the weather channel said the rain was supposed to clear out by six o'clock. So he goes, should we take a jacket or anything? No, no, the weather channel says it's supposed to stop by six. We'll be okay. It might be a light drizzle. Well, we'll and plus I was doing a pregame show at the crossing rest in peace. And, uh, I, uh, it's now the Orient. Okay. So I got to do, I, I got to do a pregame show, but then we'll stroll down to the game. It'll be good. And, and, and they're playing Northwestern. So it's a big 10 team. And 
it's just like Caddyshack. Oh, the hard stuff's not going to come down for for a while. And it started pouring and we're like freezing. I was actually also trying to do a tape to get cleared for football. So you can imagine yeah. I have a tape recorder and I have what once was boards, which are now disintegrating because it's pouring. And I'm like shivering as I'm called. I didn't get cleared off that game. I actually ended up getting cleared off something else, like a high school game or something a week later when it wasn't raining. Anyway, we left at halftime because I finally told him, I said, we, 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 there's beer in my apartment. <laughs> we, we, we can go back and just listen to the rest of the game on the radio and and so that's the only but uh, you know i a whole bunch of us we were loyal and and a lot of our friends and we always were and, and the football is really good and obviously what what coach mangino had at that time you always yep. felt you had a chance no matter who, who we played we always had a chance and uh you know I, I remember in college i did the the bcs dollar signs game against texas and everyone's saying oh we're gonna lose by 50 i said i think we can win and everyone looked at me like i was on drugs i was like I'm just telling you, he, he knew how to, he knew how to beat Texas at Oklahoma, something they have a chance and they were up 10 with six and a half minutes to go. So it almost made me look now a year later, I will say in the Kansas, I wrote that they had another chance again and Texas beat them 66 to 14. And that was a national championship team that was just playing very pissed off against everybody. So, you know, you can't win them all. You can't get them all right. But that's also why I'm not a gambler. So I, I, I lose way too much, but anyway, that's kind of how I went through my journey and, then in 2015, uh, Brian Haney, who's been a friend of mine, actually one of my first friends I met, and, and I joke with him now, yeah, we were friends when we both had dark hair, and uh, which more <laughs> so for Brian now, but I, I'm not far behind him. And uh, he wasn't, I actually was about ready to to just give up. Like may, I, I, One of my professors at KU, still a good friend to this day, said, Man, if it wasn't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. And he didn't mean anything disrespectful. He just knew that I had a lot of bad breaks that come along the way. And uh, I called Brian in the summer of 15 and I said, look, we've known each other a long time and you know everything, bad stories and, and bad luck. And do you think I should you know, maybe someone's trying to tell me it's not meant to be. And, and unfortunately I'd lost, well, we all lost Fred two years earlier. And yeah. I, 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 I honestly, to this day thought Fred was going to live forever. I mean, the guy had more energy at 70 something than I do now. And, and I'm 38. And uh, so I couldn't go to Fred though. I know exactly what he would say, but, and I asked Brian and uh, he, he said, you know, hang in there. I'll, I'll tell you something. The women's job at KU is open and, you know, you should apply and use me as a reference. And I was like, well, whatever. I, all right, this is it. This is the last, if this doesn't happen, I'm done. I need to get on with my life. You know, I'm, I'm 32 and it's obviously not happening. And, and, uh, you know, life had changed for me by that point. You know, I'd been married a couple years. And so where I'm at there versus where I was five, six years earlier is different. I have to think of more than myself. And, and, uh, I actually got the call back and interview and, and all that good stuff. And you know, rest was history. And, and I got hired in 15 and here it's been six seasons. And, and, um, I still periodically, not, I don't, I don't forget and you'll understand. And so will the whole, the others of, of us, like all of us, not just your time, but like my friends and the people I came up with and, um, when you realize that you're, and Brian understands this, especially now with, with his job. And at the time he was, he was a tech. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he wasn't back yet. Uh, oh, gotcha. he, that, and so he was in Lubbock and, but, uh, 
when you walk in there and you realize that you work for your alma mater and you think of all, anytime I put on the headset, I think of all my friends that we called games together. And, 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 um, uh, I think of them and think all, every one of them would kill to be in this position. And so I try not to take it for granted because there are a lot of really good damn people that come through that, through that program. And I, I worked with a lot of them and, uh, they're all just as deserving to sit there now as uh, I'm nobody. I, I, I'm just the person who's sitting there now, there'll be someone else. And you're, you're, it's just, you're just a placeholder and you were lucky enough. And especially since there was never any grand plans to go to the university of Kansas. And I never thought my life would take me to where it ends up becoming that big a part of my life. And then to one day work for them and I, I joke, they're, they're so kind to me and the, the, like the equipment people, especially they're, they're the best. Yeah. I, I love them to death. They're such good friends. I feel humbled and sometimes embarrassed when they give me all my gear for this season. Cause you get new gear every year. And I joke, I'll never have to buy another KU article of clothing again. I mean, stuff that I, I would never buy in, in general. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to, I can't justify spending whatever hundred bucks on this or that. And, and, and little things like that, that you realize, man, I, I, I guess I'm pretty lucky to, to be in this position and, and, and I don't know how long I'll be there and, and how long yeah. they'll have, but, um, it's, it, the privilege has never been lost on me. And very often, especially this year, uh, with just things that have happened, um, not just professionally, but personally, I've been very reflective of, you can remember the first time that you went in there. You can remember games you did in college and, uh, um, it just, it, 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 it's nice to tell these stories again. Cause you, it's not like I, you know, stop people on the street and say, Hey, let me tell you about my story or, or, uh, but I, I just start remembering, um, all of it. And, and the number one thing, and Chris Tyson told me one time, the, the men's basketball SID, I asked him about, yeah. you know, this was a few years ago. He'd been there 10 years. I was like, what stands out? when you think about all the time, I mean, I'm thinking he's going to say, well, Mario shot and that team. No, he just said the people. And yep. I, and it always has stuck with me. It's the people, you know, the fact that I'm talking to you right now, I, I talk to you. I think of all the people that you were in school with that I got to know and seeing what they're doing with their lives and how they've grown. And it's, and I, I think that's another reason why I, I kind of took to a lot of you guys because it made me remember, which at that time I wasn't that far away from it. was only a few years difference. And, and you start thinking of all those people that, that you came up with. And, and at the end of the day, it's something so simple as you miss them because we grow up, we all grow apart or we go on with our lives. And, yeah. and I really believe that we're all just passing through kind of like ships in the night. And so that doesn't mean that you're not close to these people in the sense that, well, we're not friends anymore. It just means we all, we all have our own journeys and, and, uh, new people come in, old people leave and, and you just picture all these people that you had a chance to cross paths with. And for me, it was the best. It's in a lot of ways I'm there as a student and and even going forward, it's been kind of like Camelot and, um, I'm very thankful that I've at least had that. And it helps to remember that, to be grateful because we tend to take all this for granted. We all do. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I think what's so interesting about your story, a lot of people might be listening and, you know, some of these details to where you go to, it's not the most thrilling story to tell. I mean, there's nothing exciting about small town, Kansas. Um, Let me tell you about the Oasis and the Plains in Colby. That's a good cup of coffee. uh, You know, have you ever seen the show Last Chance You on Netflix? I have. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i a huge fan of uh, the ones that took place in Kansas, not just because they were in Kansas, but I just thought that was a, a much more entertaining season. I've gotten to actually know uh, Jason Brown, the former head coach. He and I are good friends. And I recently had Jeff Carpenter, who was featured a lot on that show. I mean, he's in Independence, Kansas, which I didn't even know there was an Independence, Kansas. I thought the only Independence in this area was in Independence, Missouri. Um, so, you know, I, I learned it, that, too, a while back. <laughs> Um, it's funny. I remember I was at Johnson County community college and we were playing independence. I'm like, Oh, independence, Missouri. Cool. They're like, like, no independence, Kansas. I'm like, I, I I pull this out. I look up independence on a map. Yeah. That's how I learned. But, um, I used to joke, you name a town in Kansas. I probably called a game in it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what's so interesting is so a lot of people listening might not be in sports media. Maybe they're, um, in uh, the medical field or in the business field or something along those lines, they don't have to go through these small towns. I mean, you want to go work in Kansas city, Missouri as an account executive. Hey, there are probably a lot of jobs in that area. You want to go to Des Moines because maybe that's where you have a lot of family. Hey, there's a good chance. Maybe you can find uh, a gig uh, there. Whereas as a sports announcer, there's a path you got to go through. It's not easy. And there are a few people and I was a little fortunate and it wasn't a full-time job. It was part-time, but I got to stay here in Kansas city and, you know, write for bleach report online and work for uh, 610 sports part-time. Not everyone has that opportunity to, Oh, there's be able so to many stay. different paths. There's no one identical. Yeah. That's what makes it fascinating. You're like, well, what do you do? Well, anything. Yeah, anything exactly. And, and, you know, you were talking about some of your classmates too. And I'm thinking of, and I don't know how it is for, or how many classmates of yours you keep in touch with. You're a journalism major, I assume. Yeah. Okay. So I was too. Uh, not every student that attended that was a part of KGHK studied journalism, but the people who I worked with when it was the Kansan or KUJH TV or, or KGHK, the, for those who don't know, these are all the student run media outlets at KU or just journalism classmates in general. I don't know how it is for you, but I'd say 90 to 95% of my classmates, they either could never get in the journalism industry after college or they were in it and they got out of it, kind of like me. Um, how has it been for you? Uh, how many people do you know that are still in the Actually, industry? Actually, it's funny you say that. I, I, my wife and I were just talking about that a while back. Um, I, I Most of my stuff was done with the TV station. I, I did do the Kansan as well, but even yeah. then I would say 95% got out, you know, uh, when it talk when it comes to print, some people went the small town radio and, or the small town deal. Uh, when it came to radio, there were some people that went the small town deal. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not holier than thou. I, there are so many times I wanted to give up because it is, I'll never forget. I had a boss in Colby. He's awesome. And uh, he comes into my office was 25 why what the hell do you do for fun here i was like what do you do and and he and i tell him well i have a friend in denver and i have friends in wichita basically i just hop and hop in my car and my ass is on i-70 quite a bit and 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 
that's basically what I did. And there were many times I thought, well, what if I had taken a different route to where I had a friend that started kind of the, the small, you know, small jobs like in, here in Kansas City. And I thought, man, my life had been better. And, 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 and I don't say that saying like, well, that sucks. I just live with regret. No, that's not what I mean. I just, I like to play the game of like the sliding doors theories. Like what if I had made this choice or what if I had taken this job or, mm-hmm. or who knows? And there's, there's no clear path. And so I think about all the people like when, especially when it comes to the TVP, I knew a lot of people that went into it and they got out. I know of one yeah. that's still in it to this day and, and, and she's pretty good at what she does. And so it's common. And that's another discussion in general that's very interesting. A lot of good people that have gone into the business, all three of these business, that's just three. There's more than that. And four of you throw in the web stuff and they end up getting out for one reason or another because it's everybody's got their own reasons. And uh, so a lot of it, people say, well, what's the key to making it? A lot of it is attrition. I mean, how long are you? And I'm no different. And I mean, even in what I do right now, I'm like, well, what if, because this isn't a full-time deal. Like what I have, people think that, oh, you work at KU. And I was like, no, no, no. It's, it's not like that. I get paid per game. And it's ironic that many of my jobs in this business have been full-time jobs, but then you get a break and it's actually not full-time. So you got to have another job to pay the bills and and uh, so then even I wonder, well, how long will I do it if it continues with the same deal? And, you know, and, you know, what if you never catch that really big break? And, it, you know, it's uh, it, it's tough. It's not it's it's, it's not the easiest deal. It's not for the well-adjusted. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, and I'll be honest, it does require a lot of patience, something that I really I don't have was it. yeah I don't either I still I still remember applying for jobs all summer uh, after I graduated and not just in the summer you know you have to do this in advance you can't just wait to graduate and then apply and yep. I think I maybe heard back on two jobs and they weren't places I was really thrilled about one was in South Dakota um, it was a TV job and the the guy was from Wichita I, I did some research on him when I saw him. Uh, respond to me. And by the way, a lot of people don't do research. They just say, yep, I'll take it. You got to do research and just kind of get to know these people. But I asked him, how much uh, is it? Because, you know, I'd be moving from Kansas City to South Dakota. And at the time, my ACL was torn. I was trying to figure out, am I going to have surgery here, wherever, what's going to happen? And he goes, about 24000 a year. And I'm like, I don't even know what about 24000 means when you throwing that word about exactly yeah just, for those who are listening to the podcast version jimmy just made a face same face i made when i read that email so we had a know, professor I, at ku tell us gave us a sheet one day in class and he goes yeah he was he was another one of those that just told it like it was and he goes yeah. well as we as i pass this along i just want you to know that if you have any changes of heart i will not take any offense if you want to go see your advisor this afternoon and maybe take a uh change in your course to go stratcom which is advertising pr sales those yeah. those who don't know and those those that's where the money is sales and all that and yep. um, and i'm not that's not well i mean i guess that's me talking but that's also my professors talking because they used to tell me that and as the sheet goes down the row of people and i'm sitting back with some of my radio people in the back row just um you just hear you hear the girls like <gasps> you hear people oh shit like just all up and down the and then it gets down to, I still remember my buddy who actually works in Columbus, Ohio now. And, 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 and he, he stuck with it too. 
he gets it's like oh man i was like and i knew it was coming because i had already known i see that like yep okay still still not changing and that was the tv there was also a slot for radio and he remember he goes 18 effing thousand a year i was like is it that high like it's and this is 2005 and yeah it's it's you everyone thinks oh you're gonna make the big bucks it's like actually um i got some coupons for free pizza or way we're having a pizza remote you know we're gonna maybe get a free one out of it and that's you could look for the little things if you're getting into it for the money i mean you better be patient and also hope that you get the good luck too because it not a lot of us make it. Well, you know what I was going to say? It's just when I was at KU. So, and by the way, this was um, Andy Reid's first year. So the Chiefs were, I'm sure you remember this. They started nine and oh, and everyone was back on that Chiefs bandwagon. And usually when a team is good, it's more enticing for someone in high school or in college to want to say, oh man, I want to be the announcer of the Chiefs or the Jayhawks and announce every game at Allen Fieldhouse. Um, and I'm sure you had classmates like this. There are a lot of people who say, you know, I want to be the voice of the Chiefs or I want to be the voice of the Jayhawks. It's like, you know, dream, I, I don't want to kill anyone's dreams, but you got to keep in mind there are only 32 of those jobs in the NFL. And sure, there are more Division One schools, but there's only uh, a couple of people who announced Kansas uh, or just Kansas sporting events in general. You're one of them, of course. Um it's like, don't limit yourself to just one thing. And not only that, the person to your left and to your right also wants to be the voice of the Jayhawks or the Chiefs. It's like, everyone wants this one job, but I think all right, people... we're alternating games. All, you know... all of us get hired. <laughs> <laughs> if I it's get like sick... season tickets, I got Iowa State, I got Texas. And... Yeah. yeah, if you get sick, the other guy next to you will fill in all that good stuff. No, I mean, it doesn't work like that. And um, it's just, you know, people limit themselves to just that one team they really want to be the announcer for, but... Uh, people forget those are just there's only one voice of the Chiefs. There's one voice of the Wildcats, Jayhawks and all that. Um, what is it like for you? And I know you alluded to this a little bit, but being at your alma mater, because it is a special place. And listen, I'll say this. KU football, uh, you mentioned this already. They're bad. But there is also a, a special thing. Just being able to announce football games there. You know, I remember doing that at KGHK. It's a fun thing to do. Oh, it's what my is favorite. It, what is it like favorite. for you uh, being able to work and announce games at the school you attended? It's, uh, well, it's, you say, you, you talk about how all these people grew, grow up and they want to be the, like I said, I'm not from Kansas. So I didn't say, oh, I, I used to watch, uh, you know, Rex Walters and Greg Gurley. And one day I want to announce their games. It's like, well, no, I never thought I'd be living in Kansas one day. There were times in college and even to this day, we'll say, can you believe I live in Kansas? And that's not a negative. That's not, I'm just saying who would have ever thought the places you go in life and, and the fact that it becomes such a part of your life. And, and I'd be lying if I said in college, yeah, I want to work for KU one day. Well, no, I'm not, I, I'm out of your, you're out of your mind. If you think I just want a job somewhere, I don't care yeah. where, you know, I, I'm not limiting myself to just KU. Uh, the fact that it worked out here was just all coincidence and timing. I, I never for, and I even thought like, who am I? Like they, they would never hire me. I even, I even joke. I was like, they're not going to bring me back. And why would they bring me back? That's, it, it actually, it almost sounds very uh, defeatist. It's more self-deprecating. I remember in Colby, I, I interviewed Roger Barta when Smith Center came to play. Smith Center was, they were had like an 80-something game win streak, and they'd just been featured in New York Times. And so I, I talked to Coach Barta, and he couldn't have been more of a classy 
just humble guy. And I, and, and so I'm leading them into these questions and I say, well, you guys are, you featured in New York times and, and this and that, and you just got to be feeling really good. I'll never forget. He's like, Oh, I don't know. We've had some good kids and they, they work hard and they're good students. And, and so I end up remembering that cause I come across, Oh, you work for KU. I'm like, you know, it, I just, it just so happened. I guess no one else wanted the job and they gave it to me. So that, that's kind of how I see things. It's like, I guess, like, I, uh, you sure you're going to have me back? You know, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a six years in interim, just filling in. You know, I get this question, uh, from people, uh, I, I, I want to hear your advice, but I get uh, this asked a lot, you know, what is your advice for someone that wants to get into this industry? And I say, look, Obviously, your skills are important, but and I know you'll agree with me on this. Um, it's honestly more about who you know. That's way more important than your you skills. Know. Yeah, I mean, don't suck. Obviously, be be somewhat competent at your job. But anything, I I will be honest. I don't know. I cannot remember if I've ever truly gotten a job that I applied for. I take it back. Well, no, I don't think I have. Every job I've got has been somebody calling me or emailing me. And it doesn't mean, I mean, either it means I really suck at when it comes to the resume and the cover letter, which I hate cover letters. I loathe them. I think they're a waste of time and they're just yep. stupid. And, um, and so it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing when it, the system works against you, but it's a good thing when, Hey, I got a phone call, even the women's job. I mean, I technically applied, but I didn't, I, I calls were made, on my behalf, hey, this is a good guy. Send in your stuff for formality because they have to go through the process for like EEO purposes. And and then yeah. the GM of the network and I sat and had coffee and and we had a good visit and uh, actually for quite a while and and we just hit it off and and that I mean that I, I some people can see that as a negative. I see it as a positive, you know, because that means any day your phone could ring or something could go off and you're that's your job. You know, somebody, somebody's interested in you and it's, it's all networking and that's not a bad thing. It's getting to know people and, and they get to know you. And sometimes it's, it's pretty amazing when you think, wow, this person thinks highly of me and thinks I'm, I, I I'm good. And, um, I've been pretty lucky to cross paths with some people who, who think that, and even that's still not a guarantee that something's going to happen because I've had people in the business say, Oh, hang in there. Things are, you know, it's, and this has been okay. This year has been an exception because Hey, we're just be, we're thankful to have a seat at the table yeah. now, but I'm talking about it in normal years. They, they tell us about, you know, you just good people tend to find places and, and, and talent, seems to rise. Um, and it just happens. And so, but none of this would happen. I mean, I even said about Fred, you know, my first job doesn't happen without Fred white, you know, and, and I didn't do anything. I, I just, I sent him an email and, um, uh, that's, that's any business, but this one, especially, and, uh, I've been lucky to have some good people and, and still do, and still have good people that I, now consider not just colleagues, but friends. And yeah. to me, that's a lot cooler. Not because, oh, this person can help me get a job. It's just nice to have friends. And, and especially when you need advice or you need a, a pick me up. And, and uh, that's been pretty great. Now, you haven't been limited to just the women's basketball. Uh, you and I, we were talking before we went live and recorded. 
you said you've done a little bit of um, a football and uh, you've done some baseball in the past as well. Um, talk about that experience, being able to do, you know, the football games, uh, a men's basketball game. What's that experience been like trying to be able to expand and, and do more of these things? Well, in the year of the Rona, we were told to be expecting weird things. And uh, Brian Haney tells me before the season, hey, if something happens, you're, you're number two. You're, you're John Moxon. I was like, okay, Lance. And I remember how that movie ended, right? And, I was like, <laughs> and uh, um, they had the, the incident in October where he was thankfully – and I told Brian, I said, look, I, I appreciate that I would get an opportunity, but I don't want anybody – getting sick and, and especially, and, uh, um, I lost my grandparents within three days apart to COVID and they damn near raised me. So I, I, I refused to root for that to give me an opportunity. And so thankfully he tested negative, but Brian had to quarantine. And, um, so I, they gave me a call. I was actually watching a women's practice cause it was one of the first practices and Brandon Schneider is always gracious enough to let me come out anytime I want. Cause I, I don't live in Lawrence, obviously. So it's not like, oh, I'll just pop on over and watch practice. Like I, I got to make arrangements to, to not be at work. And, and uh, so he had me down and I'm getting the call in real time. I'm getting texts and calls from the GM of the network. Well, standby, we might need you. Oh, we might need you to be on standby in case uh, something that finally I get a call. Uh, can you do the game Saturday? I was like, Yes. So this is actually a Thursday. Well, then we need you here Friday morning to get swab tested and then you're, you're in. And thankfully Brian had already been preparing me in case that was the case. And so I, oh, that's had, awesome. I had boards and everything. And I had actually been watching uh, through the ESPN plus deal, uh, West Virginia's game uh, from the previous week. So I wasn't completely blinded. And so I ended up calling that game and, and, um, Actually, one of the last calls was Puka Williams' kick return for a touchdown. So on Monday, Josh Klingler texted me. He was like, what do you say about Puka to piss him off that he's leaving? And so <laughs> that was his last – yeah, so I guess it was my fault. But uh, um, so I got to do that game, and I was very thankful because I, I, I work with David Lawrence during the women's games. And so I told him, I said, well, to get a chance to call ball with you for one game, I, I was very grateful. We had a – tremendous spotter who is a big a football fan a KU football fan as there is flying from Chicago and and he was he was just fantastic uh, we could have put a headset on him and obviously we had uh you know the whole crew there except Brian and Steve Kincaid does such a great job as an engineer and so I, I literally just have to they make it easy for me to do that all I have to do is to follow Bob Davis's three rules that he told me, get in and out of break on time, make sure you honor all the sponsors and don't say the F word on the air. If you can do those things, you'll stay employed. And actually there, there's your rule for all the young people, your three rules that'll, that'll guarantee you at least employment in your career. And, and, and it's still advice that pays off to this day. Uh, so anyway, I got to do that game and uh, that, that was great because, you know, I, this goes back to what you said about you know, aspiring to do this or that or work for your alma mater. And I said at the end of that game that, well, I'm just, uh, I was thankful to sit in Bob Davis's chair for a week. And it's nothing against Brian because Brian would agree. Bob did that forever. Yeah. Bob and Max together, especially. Yep. So I was sitting in Bob's chair and, and honestly, you could go further. So I was sitting in Max Falkenstein's chair for one game. And, and uh, that I was like, well, I hope I didn't stink up the joint. And David told me that Bob gave, gave a, uh, endorsement uh, you know a little nod of approval and so that that's all oh, i needed and that's I awesome. okay, John. 
Okay. The, all the, the best part about all the older radio guys, they still listen. So yeah. I, I, I know that the people are listening or, and he's not the only one. I was very lucky to get to know Tom Hedrick when I was in school and he was also a great coach and teacher. Tom was a great mentor of mine. Oh, he, and, and he, 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 he also taught me the appreciation of ice cream. So I, I love Tom and, uh, but wait, hold uh, on, hold I, on. What tell this story? The appreciator he never told me this. He he, you know that man will always get an ice cream. Uh, we would I love when we would go have lunch and it was always so simple because we'd go to a Wendy's in in West Lawrence and and I always love sitting down with him and and even when we moved back up here I tried to make it up there and and I haven't obviously this past there's no way I was gonna take any chances and, and anything like that but I, I still think of him often and he's influenced and mentored so many people and and. Yeah. And I'm one of them that, that he helped out over the years. And so mm-hmm. he's someone that I would also, I, I would go to his house in college and play a tape for him. And, and, uh, like Fred, no BS. If you sucked, he told it like it was as a gentleman, always a gentleman, yes, but, but, was. uh, uh, he was very honest. And when I got further along in college, he goes in front of all my friends at the KAB thing, he goes, you know, when I first heard you took off his glasses and he's going to, I thought, Oh boy, I don't know if he's got it. I, I don't know. He, he, he's going to need a lot of work. And he goes, you've done a really good job getting better and better. And I'm proud of you and you're ready to go into the And So, but anyway, so that's one, one example of, you know, all the older guys that get a chance to listen. But then, uh, in December, I, uh, we had a schedule crossover, which is rare because this doesn't happen, but you know, weird is the new normal. And so, uh, football went down to Lubbock to do, and I was ready to go do another football game, but they, again, the Texans. So you're ready to go. And, and regardless of the record and stuff like that, but also I'm like, they're not going to not do the men's game. I mean, that's, but they asked me to do that. So you're always honored to cover that program and, and Bill self, who has been just, he has been as amazing to me and everyone else as he was when I was a student and he doesn't forget anybody that man forgets, or he doesn't forget a name, a face and, and, uh, just first class gentleman all the way around. And so to get a chance to call one of, one of the games for his program and it ended up being a really good game that went down to the end. And there was a handful of people that were just family and friends cause they still weren't allowing fans. So it didn't have the true feel, but it, as far as the environment, but the game sure was played at a high level. And, and so got a chance to work with Greg for a game. And, and I had a couple of people ask me, you, you guys ever worked together before? It's like, no, I mean, I know Greg, I've known Greg for years. And, uh, this well, you sound, you guys sounded like you've been together for a while. Like, and, and I, I went back that's and awesome. I listened, I was like, that's true. He seemed to have a, feel for you know we never stepped on each other and it was just a seamless transition from one to the other and just to really i was never and people thought well you know you'd be nervous and well two things one no you're never nervous because it's just it's what you do and two and not to put a downer i i, I referenced how my grandparents both died from covid uh they were dying that weekend uh he died friday this is december the fourth the game was on the fifth and my grandma died Sunday, the sixth, 10 minutes before I went on air. And, um, Oh, wow. I, my, my, before I left, my wife told me, cause my aunt had said it's not long. So that's how my Sunday morning started. And, um, my wife said, turn your Bluetooth off. So it doesn't go off on your watch, turn your vibrate off. Don't even look at your phone. And, uh, I made a small mistake at halftime and I was checking something else. And I saw my cousin, I didn't read the text, but I didn't need to. My cousin doesn't text me that often. I knew it's not good. And uh, that was at halftime and we're about to go back on. And David, 
David looks at me, he goes, are you okay? And I take off my headset. I said, I think my effing grandma is dead. And uh, he goes, you know that for a fact? And I was like, no, I just have a feeling. And, and, and she did. So, um, so all the, all this, all this within one weekend, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and the thing is I get called by Mark Tuttle, the GM on Thursday to do the game on Saturday. And I actually have a women's game calling on a TV screen at the football stadium. So I go take a shower to get ready to drive to Lawrence to go do that. And I get out of the shower and my aunt texts that my grandma wants to see me. So I, I got a chance to, you got to understand, I was so close to them. They were, they were basically my parents in, in many ways, especially my grandma. Uh, she was my mom. And um, she said, so I got to say goodbye to them via Zoom, which is absolutely as freaking brutal as you imagine it is. So within a 30 minute span, you're told you're doing a men's game. Not on student radio, but the real deal, which is a big deal. Yeah. You get, you're saying goodbye to your grandparents. You go do a game. You wake up Friday morning that your grandpa's dead. You call the men's game on Saturday. And a lot of that's maybe why I did a decent job of it because I needed a distraction desperately. I was not doing well. And for a few hours that Saturday, because she could have gone during that. So same thing. My wife says, turn your Bluetooth off, turn your, and I even told people like the people at Learfield, if you need anything, here's the number of my engineer on site. I, I can't explain, but I, I can't look at my phone during the game and yeah. probably thought, well, prima Donna doesn't want to look at his face too important. And, um, do the game next day, you know, thing with my grand and I couldn't go home, still haven't been home. And, and so I, you know, they're, I'm about to be f- fully shot up. So maybe by this summer I can go sit at their grave and eat lunch with them. But yeah, that's a lot of stuff in one weekend, but that's, that's part of my year. And, uh, for a lot of things that were taken from us, taken from me, uh, you still got opportunities out of it. And your job in that point is to make the most of them. And, uh, I like to think that I did. And, uh, you know, for that, I'm thankful. I'm sorry to hear that, man. I mean, yeah, it does suck. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's, you know, I, I try to, I'm doing better now. I'm doing oh, good. A lot of work. But you got to understand my, my grandpa was a Korean war POW. He would tell me, get over it, get on with your life. Life goes on. I lived a good life. So I try to think of that like, okay, I could have a pity party and I really wasn't doing one. Well, this is right before Christmas too, on top of it. So, yeah. which was always such a big deal in our family and in and, and their house. And so, you know, I, 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 I lay, you know, there's a, there's an old poem that Marv Levy recited one time going deep now. And, uh, he, I don't remember it verbatim, but he said, uh, I, oh, I'd have to look it up, but it, it's easy to talk about. Um, I'm battered, but I will fight again. Just let me lie down and bleed a while. And, uh, and then, and then I'll rise and, and I'll fight it. And that's kind of how I was like, just let me lay and bleed a while. And then I'll, you know, get up and, and keep going. And so overall I'm, I'm doing better when it comes to that, but, uh, that's, you know, I, I can still hear him today, you know, get over it get on get on with life and, and keep living. Cause that's what he would say. Like no sense being sad. They had a good run and, uh, you, you know, got to celebrate the living and, and keep going for, for everyone else. And so that, then that's part of the reason why I felt during that time, it was important for me to work. And it was easy enough for me to work because 
I, you know, that's what you do. And they, they're a lot tougher than I ever was. I remember, and it wasn't, you know, a death with someone I knew, but I remember when I was working at 610, I just had a really bad day, man. Uh, and I, I don't even remember what happened, but I just remember going into work thinking, you know, am I, I'm about to, you know, co-host a, a night shift and am I going to be able to just give this good level of energy on the radio? And you met, you mentioned this just now, you said you needed a distraction and you felt like maybe that's why you did so you, you, you like how you did announce those games, you know, working in media and specifically on air, like radio or TV, there's this weird thing where being on air can kind of distract you. Cause I remember having that bad day and I was on the radio for three hours and it actually felt good. Now it didn't take away the, the bad day, obviously, or whatever you were dealing with, but having that kind of job it, it is kind of a nice distraction with whatever you're dealing with. If you're having a rough day or a rough week, we can, understand why athletes perform and have some of their best outings when they have though you think of brett Favre when his dad died and then he went out the next yep. night and torched the raiders uh, i you understand when they go why oh how they could play so well because they needed a release they needed a few hours to not think about stuff and so their focus ends up so much on what they're doing that they forget everything else yeah that's crazy man uh i've i've always thought it was crazy how brett Favre did that too and i was young at the time so i didn't really understand the idea of a necessary distraction but you know looking back at that moment it's like you can kind of understand and certainly respect that um how are you doing on time by the way you got time for maybe yeah okay i I got plenty of time uh well i wanted to ask you because you have done some kansas sporting events i know there and listen men's basketball huge huge deal of course i mean you don't need me to tell you that you know this just as well as i do just as well as anybody but um a lot of people have complained about some KU games, some KU sporting events, especially men's basketball. They've been exclusively on ESPN Plus. And I'm sure you heard this uh, with the NFL's new deal. Part of it is in 2024, I believe, they're leaving DirecTV, which is where Sunday Ticket is a part of. And there's speculation. This is not confirmed, but there's speculation with their new deal with Amazon Prime having the Thursday night games on there. And they're also with ESPN Plus. Uh, people don't know the details, but there's speculation that Sunday Ticket will now be on ESPN Plus. Listen, I'm a huge UFC fan, and so I was I hated the idea of them going to ESPN Plus because you got to pay for that, you know, five ninety nine a month or whatever it is uh, per month, and on top of that, you got to order the seventy dollar paper. It's, the price keeps going up every year, and now you know you're seeing. KU sporting events, some Big 12 games on there. Now the NFL is gradually moving towards uh, that that realm. Uh, a lot of people are, I mean, they hate these online streaming, for, especially for sports. What do you make of that um, as someone who announces uh, these games at, at uh, KU? Unfortunately, way of the future. And, uh, you know, for better or worse. And I, I try to think of those that, yeah, I just picture my dad being like, I can't watch this damn game. Oh, I won't watch anyway. And there will be a segment of people, but then you think of people uh, younger, definitely younger than me, but you know, your age, younger and the next, next, you know, people that are teenagers right now. And, and uh, this is going to become their thing. And uh, it's never going to be a smooth transition. And it doesn't mean that, people have to like it. Um, on one hand, you need to remember your fans. Don't, don't cut them out completely. But at the same time, I get that 
we're going that direction. The thing that's tough with the NFL is the NFL has always been ahead of the game and they, you know, go back to what Pete Rozelle came up with in the sixties about having every game on and it was regional. And then when they did away with the blackout rules later on, you know, in the, I think seventies or eighties where, you know, you could watch in your home market at least it's always been available. The NFL has always been the most accessible, which is why a team in Kansas city, even though they have a dynamic quarterback, that's not my point. It's still a smaller market. And that's why a team in Kansas city can still bring big ratings. Oh, it's Kansas city. Who cares what green Bay is a tiny place, but they have a national following. Obviously the the chiefs have, uh, I would say they have kind of a national following. And if they don't, then I don't know where all these fans come from when the visiting places. And it's not, it's not even just now it was like that when I was a kid, you know, when Marty was coaching them. And so, uh, market size doesn't matter as much. Whereas in other leagues, it does matter. Oh, they'll only go play in this town or that town. It, the NFL has always been great about that, that you can be a stud in Los Angeles, just as much as you can be a stud in Pittsburgh or Seattle or, and part of that's because of the accessibility and visibility of the league. Will this change us in any way? I, I, I don't, I, I don't know because at the end of the day, football's big business. It'll always be. I laugh and think, oh, ratings are going down. This that. It still trashes everybody in the ratings. It's still going to be like that's not going away. It's still as big a slice of Americana as there is. And there's nothing like one of my good friends used to always call it the church of football. And that's what every Sunday's like. And I don't have to tell you. I'm sure in your family the traditions that go back to when you're a kid. You can just see it now. Like you can go back to be a kid and what it was like waking up and you you turn on the pregame, not even the pregame, but I'm talking about like local pregame at yeah. 8 a.m. You go. I mean, the, the network pregame is already you're there. But when I was a kid, church was coordinated around the Cowboys schedule. And uh, if they played at noon, we had to go at nine and, and there was no debate and you get your butt out of bed. And otherwise, you know, you're not going to watch the game. And if the game was at three, then it was different. Everything was coordinated around those games. I remember growing up as a kid in San Antonio, watching the Jimmy Johnson show at like 9am when we get home or 10am when we get home and you had the Jimmy Johnson show, of course you had the Jerry Jones show. And then you, uh, you you get to the network pregame and then it was a game. It's like this whole big event. And I always used to say, and I still say, that's the thing about football is that even in college, like everything stops for one day. And that's what was great in, in college. For example, you could have all these things to do with school and homework and projects, all this, you know, all this stress. And, uh, uh, on Saturday, it just stops for, and, and you hang out with your friends and you act all silly and you go to a football game and then you can get back to that on Sunday. Well, with the NFL, same type concept. Sunday is, oh, I got such a big week ahead or, you know, rough week. I'm dreading the week. Yeah, that doesn't matter right now. Sunday. And if your team happens to be good, it's even better for you. Like it's like people in this area right now their lives and everything revolves around their team because they're in a special time period where, they're going to be in the upper echelon of the league and be able to legitimately compete for championships for years to come with the core that they've assembled and obviously uh, the quarterback that they have. And so it's, you're going to find a way to watch your team at the end of the day. And I think that's where it's going to be. And and the key thing you said is the years that starting in that year and then looking 10 years down the road, look, who would have thought it would be how it was going to be when it was in 2005, when, when we got to this point. And so what it's going to be like in 2035 is just, it's different. Well, a lot of people have been recently complaining. So are, are you a big fan of uh, the Marvel movies or Star Wars uh, 
Star Wars, deal. yes, but I, I, I'll admit I haven't seen a lot of the Marvel movies. Okay, well, I don't know if you heard about that. So, do you have Disney Plus? I do. Okay, so obviously, I'm sure you watch The Mandalorian, which is exclusively on Disney Plus. Actually, it's on the to watch list. Okay, well, I, I, it, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but the first two seasons, away. I'll just no, no, no judging on my end. But uh, The Mandalorian, it just like you should. I, I would be happy if you left this podcast and started watching that. That that's how great it is. I mean, uh, it, the weather is crappy today. It would probably. <laughs> But, but here's my point. It's just they recently announced Black Widow, which is supposed to be the next uh, Marvel movie uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, they said it'll be in, in theaters, which not a lot of people are comfortable going back to theaters, even though it's going to be in July. People are optimistic things are going to be back to normal then. But um, Disney announced that you can buy it on Disney Plus for $30. And, you know, I don't know how many movies you have been able to watch uh, like new movies through st- streaming services. HBO Max has taken well advantage over that. I know Disney Plus had Mulan, which I think was the first movie that was supposed to be in theaters that ended up not going to theaters and went straight to streaming. And uh, gosh, there was no, oh, Borat, the second Borat movie on uh, on Prime. I mean, that was a huge hit. So we're kind of seeing this now, not just with sports, but we're seeing this with movies too, where we're gradually kind of moving towards that direction with online streaming. And again, people don't like it. A lot of people had a lot of complaints about when they heard the black widow news, but that is kind of when, where we're going. And I know this pandemic has created a lot of weird things, but that's kind of where we're going at at this point. Looking at it this way though, with all these new things will create opportunities. And when you go back circling back around, it'll create more job opportunities for people who are 12, 13 years old that maybe want to go into this business and it's not, completely tied to the same. So I, I, I tend to see it all for the positive. So the, the three rules for broadcasting, I said, and then learn a little bit of everything, because if you can put more stuff on your resume that makes you more viable, then you're doing well. And then obviously, you know, who, you know, you know, I, I think it's interesting. You mentioned that because you talked about how this pandemic, it's not ideal, but, um, the reality is some of these things happen and this is what allowed you to be able to get some opportunities doing football and men's basketball. Um, I'm sure you remember the Kevin Keatsman incident where he made that comment about Andy Reed's son. And so he was no longer there. I mean, look, it's not ideal to have it go down that way, but somebody, which ended up being Jason Anderson, uh, that became his open door to be able to go through and, and get that opportunity. Cause a lot of people don't realize, and I think for Seren Petro too, because he finally got that afternoon shift that I think he's been wanting a long time. Um, is it kind of weird looking back and say, saying like, again, not ideal, especially for you. I know it's been personal for you, but this pandemic of all things has kind of opened the door to maybe be able to branch out and have these other opportunities. I mean, honestly, that's the best thing you can do in the whole deal. Like, look, the whole thing sucks as a whole. But if you can find a situation to take advantage of an opportunity that's created, then, then at least you did, because when things return to normal, then maybe you get more opportunities yourself and and other people will continue with their, their own deals. And that's all you can do. If you don't take advantage of it, someone else will. So if an opportunity is created for you, it would be in your best interest to take advantage of it. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, before you go, uh, obviously people can catch you on, uh, Jayhawk IMG. Am, am I saying that correctly? Jayhawk IMG or KUIMG? 
It's Jayhawk. Yeah. Jayhawk IMG. Okay, I want to make sure. So, you know, if you live in uh, the it's Midwest. It's now officially the Jayhawk Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Well, there you go. Uh, check out your local listing if you want to check out Jimmy, listen to him live. Uh, other than that, man, how can people connect with you? How can they uh, check out your work and all you do? Uh, they can go to jimmychavez.com, which is just how it's spelled. J-I-M-M-Y-C-H-A-V-E-Z. Awesome, man. Well, hey, uh, congratulations to you and everything you have accomplished and where you've gotten to. And I, I'm sure, you know, you'll continue growing. You've done such a great uh, job. You've been so nice to me, and I'm a bigger fan of you as a person. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this podcast, man. Uh, stay safe. Good luck with everything. And uh, hope to hear more of uh, your games on the air. Well, you're a good man. Congratulations to everything you've done. And, and I'm proud of you. And, and as a once great former Kansas coach said, keep sawing wood. <laughs> I appreciate that. Jimmy Chavez, uh, announcer. I dropped for... the mic, but it's connected. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, announcer for uh, Jayhawks IMG. Check him out. Good stuff. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Farce Cast. We'll be back. For those of you listening on uh, Facebook Live, uh, we'll be back in about an hour and a half. Uh, Freddie Coleman from ESPN Radio will join us. If you're listening to the podcast version, there'll be two different versions of the episode, two different uh, postings, basically, two different uploads. So uh, be patient for that. They'll be up uh, very shortly. Other than that, I uh, appreciate you guys listening. I'll talk to you guys later. Take care.